it is a joy and an honor to bring you the word tonight. Um, I love uh, when I have the opportunity here to bring the word. Um, so let's pray before we get started. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for tonight, Father. I just thank you that your word is alive. It is powerful. I thank you uh, for uh, everybody watching on live stream. I thank you, Father, that their hearts are open to your word, that their ears are receptive to what you have to say tonight. Holy Spirit, we invite you in. It is not my words tonight, but it's um, you working through me. So we just give you all the glory and all of the honor and all of the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you're watching on live stream and you have your uh, Bible in front of you, um, so before, before you open your Bible, so tonight I'll be talking about hope. Um, <clears throat> the title of my message is Anchor of Hope. And so uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seeing and seen. And so faith, um, you know, faith and hope are tied together. So faith gives our hope substance. And um, faith is in the heart. Um, <clears throat> and so the difference in faith and hope, you know, faith is now. You've heard, Pastor, faith is now. But hope is for the future, and so we need both. Um, the Word of God has a lot to say about hope and our expectation on the future. And um, I'll be reading out of uh, Romans 4, talking about Abraham. Um, Romans 4, 17 says, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed. God who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Verse 18, who contrary to hope, in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be and not being weak in faith, he did not consider, or we say he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform, and therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. So here we see that, you know, Abraham, against all odds, against what he was facing, against those things that were dead in his life, him and Sarah, they were old, couldn't bear children. And so against all of those things, he hoped. And so I love it that, and then it says in verse 20, giving glory, he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. So setting our eyes on things above. He didn't look at the natural. He didn't look um, at the circumstances, but he believed. He hoped in something. And so maybe you're facing something tonight where it's like, <clears throat> you know what? I, it's, it, it doesn't look good. It's, um, you know, the doctor, the doctor says this, or, um, you know, my family says this, and, but you know what? 
against all that, maybe they're the things that are stacked up against you, but it, it, hope believes, faith is now, and hope says, you know what, if God said it in his word, I believe it, and I believe it's going to come to pass, so I'm hopeful. My expectation is on the word of God. My expectation isn't on the natural senses and the natural circumstances around me, but my expectation is on God alone. And so um, if you go on and read Romans 5, if you keep on reading, um, and I'm going to read that in the Passion Translation because I thought it was so good in the Passion Translation. Romans 5, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us and how he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one, has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness that has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. Isn't that good? But that's not all. That's not it. That's good, but that's not it. (laughs) Even in times of trouble, we have joyful confidence knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And proven character leads us back to hope. So our character has to be proven out. Well, I guess it does. Proven character leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Isn't that so good? So it's not this like pie in the sky. Um, you know, maybe sometimes unbelievers um, look at us weird or, you know, if our words are full of faith and they should be, but like, what? That's so contrary to what it looks like in your life. Hey, the word of God, we speak only the word of God, contrary to what it looks like. Contrary, you know, Abraham and Sarah, contrary you know, to, to the natural circumstances, what it, looked like, what it looked like in their situation. They believed. They, they trusted God. In Hebrews 6, 18 through 20, in the New Living Translation, it says, So God has given us both his promise and his oath. These two things are unchangeable because it is impossible for God to lie. Therefore, we who have fled to him for refuge can have great confidence as we hold to the hope that lies before us. Again, faith is now, and then hope is in the future. So we hold to that hope that lies before us. This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It's an anchor. We need it. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus has already gone in there for us. He has become our eternal high priest in the order of Melchizedek. And so here, Jesus already did what he did. He already went before us. And so we have that hope. And so I put down, when we are exhausted, the anchor of hope gives us fresh energy. 
Like, I thank you, Lord, that you give me fresh energy every day. When we are tempted to quit, the anchor of hope keeps us going. You know, and we're all tempted to quit sometimes, but that anchor of hope keeps us going. Hope for the future. Hope that, you know, um, good expectation. We need to have a, a, a good godly expectation, not a negative expectation, not like, oh, this is happening again. And, and that family member, they just act the same way every time because I'm going to go to them and say this, and then they're going to say that. Well, no, that's, you know what, maybe they've, that's been in the past and they've acted that way in the past, but hope, you know, our hope should be in that, that, hey, if God did it for us, he can do it for them. You know, we should be expecting great things. When we lose our way and are confused, the anchor of hope removes panic. We don't have to freak out. We don't have to panic. You know, when the world is fearful and panicky, we, we don't have to. God, God doesn't want his kids to, to be panicky and fearful and full of dread. Um, so I have a couple of points tonight. Why do you need an anchor? Number one, to keep your life from being shipwrecked. And so um, hope in Jesus protects you in the same way an anchor keeps a boat safe. And so, you know, anchors don't stop the storm. Like, I think most boats have an anchor. I'm not sure if all boats have an anchor, (laughs) but I'm assuming they do. Probably, I'm sure the huge naval ships have, you know, have you ever seen their their anchors are probably like a thousand pounds, they're ginormous, and just the chains on, on those anchors. I mean, you know, if they, if they didn't have an anchor, you know, that <laughs> they'd be in trouble. And so why do we need an anchor? Number one, to keep your life from being shipwrecked. And so just because, you know, an anchor doesn't stop the storm, but it'll keep you strong. It'll keep you secure during the storm. And so our hope is always in Jesus. Without him, our life would be shipwrecked, right? And so Psalm 27, 13, and 14 said, says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. Let me read that again. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. And wait, I say, on the Lord. And so here, I mean, um, you know, why do we need an anchor? So our life isn't shipwrecked. And um, I was reading, um, so I came, so I follow this thing on this, this um, I don't know, uh, I don't want to call it a website, on Instagram, I follow this feed and it's called um, Kinda Kind or something. Anyways, it's a cute little um, uh, just kind videos that people, you know, in the world we live in, and sometimes your feed through Instagram and social media can be, you can get bogged down with seeing all kinds of, <laughs> you know, just really the world we live in, you know, with guns and police and, and, and just like, sometimes I don't want to see those videos. Like, I, I know, like, it's good to be informed, and you have to know what's going on, but then sometimes I want to watch kind videos, like, hey, you know what? There are nice people out there. There are Christian people out there. There are people out there just doing good. Um, 
And so through my Instagram feed, so I like that because sometimes it'll come across and just cute little little videos of a kid, you know, just doing a kind deed or or the FedEx guy. You know, there was this, sometimes pe- uh, people have these, uh, you know, video surveillance things on the front of their door and, and there was the video of, of the FedEx guy. He just brought in the trash can for the person, you know, and it showed him bringing in the trash, just kind deeds, you know, and I, thought, I think that is so good. I, I just like watching those videos, but not too long ago, they posted, um, so sometimes they'll post, like, history stuff, um, and, it's, and I like it. I like to, to learn new things, and so they had posted this picture of this girl. Um, it looked like she was, you know, in water in the jungle, so I clicked on her name, and I kind of read about her, and so um, she was a, a survivor of a plane crash that went down in the early 1970s, and she was so the plane was carrying about um, 90-something people, and she was 17 years old at that time. And um, she was flying, uh, I believe, in, the Amaz- through, in Peru over the Amazon jungle, and uh, there was a lightning strike on the plane. And so the plane went down. She was buckled to her seat, so she went down and survived, still buckled to her seat, like through the trees and the jungle. And then she, um, she survived. So she was the only survivor off on the plane. And um, so, so she, she was on, in the jungle, and I didn't read her. She has a book, and they've done documentaries, and I think there's a movie. But I just read a little part of, of, of her book. But she survived 10 days in the jungle, like, by herself. Talk about grit. <laughs> Talk about not losing hope. And so I was just fascinated that one little chapter that I read and she, um, you know, she, on one of the little, uh, she said, you know, she didn't know if her mom was alive or not. She, she was like, where, you know, I wonder, uh, you know, my, she was, she's like, I kept thinking about my mom, you know, I wonder where she's at. And, um, and then I gotta, you know, I gotta make it, I gotta push through. So she, she walked through the water. She didn't, She's like, I know if I stop here, and in her book, she's saying, you know, I know if I stop here, I'll die, you know. Um, so she kept through the water, through the Amazon River, and she, and you know, like, I got to get back, you know, I got to tell my dad, like, I wonder what my dad's thinking. Like, we haven't, you know, it's, I'm on day five, and, and just, it was a fascinating story. Um, but just when I read that little part, I was like, man, this girl, she, she could have given up. It's like day three, nobody's out here come to get me, day four. Day five, mosquitoes are eating me alive. She had like maggots on her arm. She was trying to get out. Um, broken collarbone, collarbone. So all these things were stacked up against her. And, um, but she kept on. I was just amazed. Man, she kept on. She kept pushing. She's like, I can't stop. I got to go. I got to, you know, I got to find, you know, my dad told me, you know, just go along the river because there might be civilization and Anyway, she made it. Somebody found her. Um, but I was just like, man, she, she didn't lose hope when, you know, all, everything was stacked up against her. Um, and even at, like, night, she, in, her, in, her, in that chapter I was reading, she's like, at night I would hear these creatures, you know. And, um, but God, but God. And so why do we need an anchor? To keep your life from being shipwrecked. And so Jesus is our anchor. Amen. And then number two, um, to keep you from drifting. 
boats without an anchor drift into disaster become grounded on reefs and rocks. And so, you know, we have to hook on to Jesus. We can, it might be, um, you know, more comfortable to go with the flow sometimes, but if the Holy Ghost doesn't want you to go with the flow, you got to stay connected to a church. You got to stay connected to a local pastor, you know, have a pastor. You got to stay connected even when times are, are, are tough and difficult and it's prickly and, and you don't get along with people. But hey, you know what? You need to stay connected. You don't drift off just because you get your feelings hurt or <laughs> just because somebody took your parking space or just because somebody took your seat at church. We don't drift off. We stay connected to the source. And the source is Jesus. He's our living water. Amen? So why do we need an anchor? To keep your life from being shipwrecked. And number two, to keep you from drifting. 2 Corinthians 13.5 in the New King James says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in faith. Test yourselves. Do you not know yourselves that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless indeed you are disqualified. So, I mean, here the Word of God says, hey, do a test on yourself. Examine yourself. Are you in faith? Do you have hope for the future? Do you have hope for your family? Is there a positive expectation on your future? Have you lost hope? Do you give up too easily? Right? And so these are good questions to ask ourselves. Um, are we in faith? Um, are we hopeful? And so uh, the Bible says to examine ourselves, examine our life. You know, the Word of God is a mirror. If you read it, it'll point out, like nobody even has to point things out about you. If you read the Word, the Word of God points things out. Like, you know what? I do need to tweak that area. You know what? I do need to change what I'm saying. Last Sunday night, I taught the importance of our words um, a couple of scriptures that I mentioned. Let me just mention um, those to you. The power of your words. Um, Proverbs 15, 4 says, Gentle words bring life and health. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs eighteen twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 16, 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Isn't that good? Proverbs 18.4, a person's words can be life-giving water. Words of true wisdom are as refreshing as a bubbling brook. And so um, what we say has a lot to do, you know, has a lot to do with what, you know, we're walking through. Like, yes, trials, tribulations, those come, tough times come, but what we say, it matters. Paul and Silas, I mean, in Acts 16, they were locked up in prison, but they sang. They sang praises to God. They were joyful, you know, when it didn't look like, you know, they were bound, but they sang praises. So what we say matters. Okay, so number three, to keep you constant. So why do we need an anchor? To keep you constant. So and I had this, like, visual of, and I wrote this down, if you throw out an anchor but don't secure the line, it won't do you any good. You can throw out an anchor all day long, and, but if it's not connected to anything, what are you doing? <laughs> like, uh, the boat's still going to go adrift, 
right? And so not obeying God's word is like turning loose of that rope. And so we, when we hear the word, faith comes, but then there's this next step where, you know what? I have to do something about that. I heard the word, but then now comes an action. Now there comes obedience on my part. And so um, you stay on track. When you stay connected, um, it keeps you constant. It keeps you, um, you know, disciplined. The word of God keeps you disciplined. And so, um, you know, we used to have a boat when the kids were little, and we used to go to Lake Conroe. And sometimes um, I remember, you know, we would, I don't know if we'd go in the middle of the lake, but we would find a spot and we'd like get, jump out of the boat and just swim in the area. But then I would notice, so Jay would put the anchor out, but then the boat was, it wasn't, we were drifting away from the boat. Like, I don't know if we were drifting or the boat was drifting and maybe the anchor didn't, um, didn't, you know, go all the way down. Maybe it was like the ground was too sandy. I don't know. I don't know all these things, but I just remember. <laughs> but you know what? Our anchor in Jesus, it needs to be on solid ground. It needs to be dug down deep. We can't drift. We can't drift away. Um, Philippians 3.13 says, no Dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved, and this is Paul talking, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. And so here, Paul is focused on the future. He's not focused on what's in the past, and he had a past, Saul, but he's, he's like, hey, this one thing I do, I'm folk, I press towards that hope. I press onwards towards that, you know, positive expectation. Um, and Paul, uh, if you, and if you keep on reading, he says, I know how to be a base and I know how to abound. No matter the circumstances, you know, I keep Jesus as my number one. I keep him in front of me. Isaiah 43, 1 through 3 in the message says, do not be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, and sometimes we are, I'll be there with you. God's saying, I got this. I got your back. When you're in rough waters, you will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, it won't be a dead end. Because I am God, your personal God, the Holy of Israel, your Savior. So here, hey, he's saying, I've redeemed you. I got you. When you're in rough waters, when you feel like your boat's sinking, when you feel like you're, hey, don't give up, don't quit, what's coming out of your mouth, right? Just like 2 Corinthians, hey, let's examine ourselves. Are we complaining? Are we murmuring? Are we thankful? Are we praising God? Thank you, Jesus, that I'm alive for such a time as this. Thank you that I have breath. Thank you that I've been redeemed from the curse. I thank you that I'm alive and well and healthy. And so we, God, God wants us to be, he wants thankful, we're thankful kids. He wants us to be thankful for what he's done. And so here it says, hey, when you're in over your head, I'll be there for you. So don't lose, so I just wanna encourage you tonight, don't lose hope. 
Um, whatever you're may, you may be facing, um, expect that God, God, if God said it in his word, he'll do it. It'll come to pass. Whatever you're believing for, maybe it's a wayward child. God said, you and your household shall be saved. Maybe it's, um, you know, uh, ex-husband or ex-wife or a family member that's just you're in contention with. Hey, listen, God wants you to have peace in your life. And so don't give up. Pray for those. You know, the Bible says, love your enemies, do good to those that despitefully use you. And so when we do our part and when we act on the word, God will do his part. He's already done his part. It's just us lining up with his will and what he has. And so I just want to encourage you, don't lose hope. Whatever you're going through, um, whatever challenge you are facing, expect God to do great things. I mean, he's done it in my life. I know a lot of people here can testify of what God has done in their lives and so don't lose hope. Keep expecting. Keep believing. Keep walking. You know, it may seem like you're walking through the Amazon jungle, but keep like, no, I, I got to keep going. I got to keep moving. And when I was reading that, you know, uh, the 17-year-old girl, I was reading and she was like, oh, yeah, there was like, you know, she, she listed all the things. She was so graphic. Like, well, how could you not be? But there was crocodiles by her. She's like, I just kept floating. I just kept going, you know, the animals at night that she didn't sleep. She just kept, she just kept, she had that hope, like, hey, I'm going to see my dad. You know, I wonder what my dad's thinking. And so I just want to encourage you, keep going, keep moving, keep stepping in the direction that God has called you. And it's the supernatural working with the natural. Like, we can't just expect all of this, you know, God to do that. And he does, and he's a great God, and he, he's a miracle working God, but we in the natural also have to do our part. We have to, what the word says, we have to do love, right? Love those. We have to, if, if just like physical therapy, you know, if we broke a bone and the doctor says, you need physical therapy, well, no, I'm not, it's just, no. But hey, listen, in the natural, we have to, we have to walk it out. It's the natural and the supernatural working together. So I just want to encourage you with that. Don't lose hope. Um, no matter what you're facing, trust in the Lord. Uh, put our hope, our hope is in the Lord and not in man. Amen.